Hello and welcome to the Ciertos Podcast. Maria and Evan back today with another episode. So before we get rolling, I will let our guest introduce himself. Take it away. Hi guys, thank you for having me, Evan and Maria. It's nice to see you guys after after a few years of being away from the area. I'm looking forward to coming back. I'm uh, my name is John Ellis. I'm uh, based out of New York, Garden City, New York, right on Long Island. So I'm not too far away, just a couple hours drive. And um, I'm looking forward to sharing my story uh, with both of you and the rest of the pod- the Sirtosa uh, podcast and Greek dance community in the uh, around the world. Awesome. Welcome to the podcast. We're really excited to have you and we're definitely um, excited to learn your story because you're, you, you have a story that um, crosses the line between music and dance. So. Um, we get a little bit of an extra special treat. So we want, let's jump right into it. Um, sure. So we always like to start off by just understanding, you know, what it was like for you growing up in Greek dance, Greek culture, Greek music. When were you introduced to it? And how did that um, develop for you? What did that look like? So interestingly enough for me, um, I grew up, you know, second generation on, well, third generation on my mom's side, first generation on my dad's side um, in a Greek Armenian home. So I'm not in fully Greek. I'm, I'm actually a quarter Armenian. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I grew up, um, well, not going to Greece really and being experiencing this, this called this facet of our culture until, until much later in life, until about 12 years old. But I grew up listening to all sorts of different music and being, uh, I guess, in front of or having attended so many different dance events, whether at church or festivals. And so I was, I was, you know, I knew what Greek dance was. I listened to Greek music. My parents would have Parios and Dalaras mm-hmm. playing at home. But then there was the other side, the Armenian side, which was my grandfather, well, so the Armenian side, my grandfather, he was big, big into jazz, but his his passion was Turkish Armenian music. So music that had a different sound than the Greek music that I was listening to. But I, I learned later on that they're all intertwined and, and, and shared. But growing up, so I'd, I'd listen to the to the Laika. But then we'd go to my my grandparents' house on Saturday, and he was an, my grandfather was an audiophile, and he would mm. be you know he'd have just tons of of records. This is before CDs, so tons <laughs> of records and reel to reel cassettes and cassette tapes, and he'd be like, "Today we're going to listen to Tommy Dorsey," and we'd listen to jazz, and mm-hmm. it was jazz and Frank Sinatra for the longest time. But then came a point where he's like, "Now listen to my friend Sudan Baronian." Now Sudan Baronian is a well-known Armenian clarinet player. I mean, our American. He started out playing jazz, um, and my grandfather grew up with him. And this mm-hmm. guy, he's right now. He's ninety, traveling around the world playing music. But he was to me. I thought he was a celebrity. Like, like here, I'm hearing this this pretty cool music being played on these records. And so that was really the the first inklings of that sort of traditional music entering my ears. Mm-hmm. You know, and. I was interested, but not interested enough, I think, to say, oh, wow, I want to listen to this a little bit more. I want to learn more. Um, add to that fact that he also had an oud hanging on his wall. He never played anything. 
-hmm. Never okay. played a, a note in his life, but there was an oud hanging on the wall. And so every time I'd go there, I'd look at this thing and be like, one day, one day I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to take that or I'm going to play something like that. I'm, I'm going to do something with it. So there was the oud and the doombak that was next to it. And the doombak was that, that I was allowed to touch. It was made in, I think, Syria, handmade in Syria, or Lebanon. Oh. It was made by hand. You can see all of the little hammering in it uh, with the skin head. And, and he was like, all right, this, this you can play. Here, bang on that for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, you know, that was my first inkling, holding an instrument, listening to music. And then we'd go to Armenian picnics, which were different than the Greek festivals. Mm -hmm. uh, because there was no games. There was no rides. It was just heavy-duty Armenian and Turkish music and shish kebab. And that was it. Um, and so I remember watching people dance and instead of holding hands, they would hold pinkies. And I thought, oh, well, interesting. that's interesting. So that, yeah, so that's, I was watching that. Still didn't at that point, didn't have a big interest in dance, but I did notice like the subtle something. It was something different. Yeah. You know, and, but the cultures are not that far apart. Why are they holding pinkies and why are we holding hands? I still don't know the answer to that question, but um, so where do we go from there? Um, so that was like inkling with music mm -hmm. <laughs> and then dance came around a little bit later on. I used to hate. So now here, here we are. Fast forward a couple of years. We're in Greek school and, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I guess I was OK in Greek dance in Greek school and I still hated it. I did not want to dance. I did not want to <laughs> do it. I didn't want to stand next to the girls. I didn't want to <laughs> hold hands with anybody. <laughs> Um, but you know, at, at that point it was like, I, I think I was nearing like 11, 12 years old where I started to think a little bit differently. And my dad was like, Oh, you never know you, if, if you, if you're a good Greek dancer or some girl might like you. And I was like, Oh, all right. Well, that's motivation. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so then I was a little bit more motivated, but then I thought, you know, this is actually pretty neat. It's something different. And I don't know, I, I guess. It was, uh, I guess I was uh, sort of um, becoming more aware of, of our culture. Um, and so my, uh, my mom one day, one, one, one weekend, she said, out of the blue, we're going to a Greek dance event. And there was Gas, I didn't know at the time, but so mm -hmm. Gas was hosting a reenactment of a Dodecanesian wedding. I was going oh, back to, my, yeah, this is going back to like 93. I remember it was before my first trip to Greece. Uh, so about 93 or so. And it just so happens that my dad, who had a gas station, uh, his insurance guy was in the dance group. And he mm -hmm. was to, going to be the groom uh, in the event. And so he said, oh, if you guys want, come. It'll be cool for the kids to see. And, you know, there would be traditional music and dancing and such. And we were from Dodekanisa. My, my father's from Patmos. Mm-hmm. And so we figured, let's go. So that was really like something that really started to peak interest in dance. And of course, there was music there. Mm -hmm. So I remember that was my first vision of, of something that seemed like a lira, a Carpathian lira, and a lauto, and people wearing these different costumes. They were vrakes. Mm -hmm. I had never seen a vraka before. All I knew was Epson costumes. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, but then, but then, so the, the wedding was interesting. I was kind of bored, but the costumes were cool. The music was good. But then it was open dance floor for everyone. And just, I don't know, the groove of the music and the people dancing, it was doing something in my head. And listening to uh, Nick Sofos on the violin, and I forget who was playing Lauto at the time, but there was also Saduri there and a clarinet. So it was a traditional uh, 
ensemble, similar, similar to what we do with Entasy. Um, and uh, I just remember, like, I, I didn't mind dancing. I remember mm-hmm. dancing vividly, Roditico, Isio Susa, and some Sirta. And I was just a kid, so I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was kind of feeling this. So that was interesting, but I didn't, still, it wasn't, didn't bring me to this next step or open my mind even more. Um, uh, so 1994 comes around, and this was after listening over and over again to the Glicaria cassettes, mm-hmm. the traditional music. So I had those, I had Mesuegeo in my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here I was going to Greece for the first time, going to Patmos, and I'm hearing Mesuegeo in my head. I'm like, oh, this is the Aegean Sea, Mesuegeo, here we are. Right. Just so happens that in Patmos that year, uh, we were there for August 15th. So there was, we were there for, must have been like three and a half weeks where every week was another panigiri. Mm-hmm. And a couple nights a week, there's a restaurant that they have Greek dancing. They have a dance group with live music, violin, lauto, and, you know, buzuki for the, for the tourists. And I don't know, in, in this couple week span, something was happening. Yeah, um, I was watching the dancing. I was watching the locals, and then listening to this music. I was like, well, "This is so weird. This this it's nisiadika. Why it it sounds so happy, but it's so sad at the same time. <laughs> this is so strange." Um, but it was doing something. It was the wheels were turning, gears gears were were spinning, and after August fifteenth, it was you know we're at this platia at the church, and here with all, like, we got the string of lights. I'll always remember the string of mm-hmm. lights. And my mom was like, "You're never going to forget this moment." Mm-hmm. And and uh, the wind was blowing. It was out in the middle of nowhere in the, on the island, some northern part of of Batmos. And I remember, you know, the, the the music, the smell of the air, everything just all together just made created some sense of nostalgia for me. For a place that I've never, I didn't grow up in. It was my first time there. All I had was mm-hmm. my stories of, of my dad growing up. And so that that left a mark. And then on the way back to Athens that year, my mom said, we're going to, to a Greek ballet. I was like, what huh. are you talking about, a Greek right. ballet? <laughs> so here I'm walking up, I think Philopapu Hill, oh, walking into go. the gates of Dorastratu. Yeah. And mm-hmm. So I see like, you know, people dressed up in all different costumes and different music. And I said, this is it. That's it. When we go back to the States, I want to find a dance group and I want to do these dances and I want to listen to this music and get really involved with this. And so that was at 12 years old. And then a year later, we spoke to after after looking into all the dance groups in the area, mm-hmm. um, my mom originally we didn't really want to go didn't want to drive to Astoria every week for dance practice mm-hmm. how's this going to work we're going to be in a performing group are you going to we what, what was my interest here what was what was the goal we ended up long story short longer story short um we ended up back at gaffs with paul guinness at the time mm-hmm. when paul was alive and he wasn't my teacher at first another teacher there was another teacher there uh was a partner at the time george lazariris and i remember like you know, it was tough and everybody was way more advanced than I was, but it, it that I felt like that's where I belonged. Like, like this is something that I just want to, you know, I want to be a part of me and and dive into it head first. And, you know, let, let's, you know, that that's it. So every week my mom would take me to a story or my dad and she actually was dancing in the group, too. 
And that's what we did. That became part of our life, being in a Greek dance group and, and eventually uh, performing. Uh, now, unfortunately, I knew Paul really well, you know, well for mm -hmm. the well enough for the couple of years that, that I was there uh, or that he was alive well, at, the, at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but I never performed with him. And he would always say, you have to perform with me. I need yeah. you to perform with me. Please come to the performing group. I'm like, Paul, I'm, I'm not comfortable. Yeah. But now I regret that. Every single time I, I think back, I totally regret that. And then after he had passed away that March afterwards, um, there was an event for the, um, it was in advance of the parade in the city. And there was dance groups from all over the all over the area performing at Crystal Palace in Astoria. Mm -hmm. And that was my first Greek dance performance, dancing Terakiotika. Uh, but that was that was the beginning of the Red Next, you know, so many years. And so that's that's where it began. Can you tell us a little bit about GAFs? Um, yeah. So it's come up before in this podcast and one of us has a connection to GAFs, um, which we can talk about. But um, I feel like for the people who didn't grow up around the city, like when you said Crystal Palace, like my mind just went back. It went, you know, now Crystal Palace is what, gym, I think. Yep. Um, but tell us a little bit about GAFs. Like what, what was it? Where was it? The feeling when you walked in there? <laughs> so GAFs was on Broadway in Astoria, very close, just short, walk from the Crystal Palace. Crystal mm -hmm. Palace was on Broadway and 31st Street and Gaffs was on Broadway and Crescent Street. So very, very close. Uh, they rented a second floor for their dance studio space of, uh, of a building. They rented a second of the building. Um, and then they had their costumes. A lot of it was in storage, but a good amount was stuffed in the basement of this, uh, of this building. And I remember walking up this long hallway, hearing these sounds, and I'm like, all right, what, what am I going to see when I open up the door? And I kind of felt like, you know, I'm the new guy. Everybody stops and they look, Who, who's this kid? Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was kind of weird at first. Um, but, you know, so I sat out the first few dances and then they asked, you know, what does, who, who wants to learn, what dance do you guys want to learn? So the teacher looks at me and goes, you, you're the new guy. What do you want to learn? How about that? <laughs> and so, you know, so it was, yeah, right. So it was like joining a new school. It was weird, a little awkward at first, but then pretty welcoming. Um, but the, I guess there was a stigma around gaffes, like just that it was this this powerhouse. At, at the time, or at a point in time, gaffes was, Paul, or really Paul Guinness was, was the person. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I don't know, probably I don't know enough history, but from what I've, from, from my experience and from whom I've spoken with, um, everyone comes back to, you know, you, you danced with Paul, you knew Paul, like Paul was one of, I guess, one of the, um, one of the driving forces behind FDF and, or rather, rather one of the driving forces behind coming really back to the root, our roots rather than, you know, uh, a fireworks performance with fire and backflips and dancing mm -hmm. on on bottles. Take a step back and really go back and research. And and I, you know, I, I experienced some of that even when I was when I was there and in our con conversations with Paul. And every once in a while, he'd bring me to the archives and he would say, "Oh, look, all of these showed me all of the videos and just endless endless amounts of of documentation and such." costumes it, it was such a i don't know it was a it was a really cool experience being there um 
but after he had passed away, it was sort of hard to keep up to that standard that he had held it at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the teachers that were there a- a- after a period of time were, were great, uh, but they were not researchers. They were not what they were not doing what Paul was doing. Um, one of them was focused more on on just general areas of Greece, like all, all Greece, not nothing in specific. They wouldn't go back and do the research, but there was somebody else who uh, their main focus was Kefalonia. Mm-hmm. Um, and that for for me that that you know I, I like Kefalonia, mm-hmm. but I like the more uh, I don't know I call I, I call it the more o- o- Ottoman influenced the. Uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Or the Byzantine influenced uh, yeah. side, uh, you know, the Aegean. That, that, that's what what I really connect with. Um, but then after, after, and then once those teachers were no longer, or instructors were no longer around, then it was Paul Guinness's sister who who would teach Vaya. Yeah. And she she was great, and she tried her best, and and she still tries her best to to keep up to that. But you know, things things have just changed just a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a different, uh, I guess, a different landscape. When whenever I go back to to gaffs or or an event, uh, but what what's also interesting is that for those events, while the people in my generation that were there don't don't partake, don't practice anymore, um, they all, all just about everybody shows up for for their events in support of the organization. You know, we. You know, we it's 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 something that we want to see this thrive as long as as it possibly can. You know, it may not be as as uh, immense as it once was, mm-hmm. but still, it it's something that we just can't let can't let it go. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I I, I danced with Gaffs um, 2005 to 2007, I think. Really, but I, I so, never I never got a chance to meet Paul, but um, yeah. But yeah, I definitely got the gas experience. <laughs> so I want, yeah, <laughs> I want. I wonder if if our paths ever cross. I I around that time frame is when I started slowing down because in two thousand four I actually broke my foot in a performance for another dance group uh, <laughs> on it was an off Broadway show, oh. and uh, yeah, so I actually asked Gaffs. They asked Gaffs if I could partake. It was um, I forget what the name. It was what what Hellenic Roots is now. It was that group. Mm-hmm. Back then, I okay. think there was a different name, um, and so yeah, so that was actually the last performance I did where I, when I broke my foot off Broadway. It was okay. went, through, went through the whole show, and then the last one was a set of uh, I guess Podiaka, and I was at the end of the line, and I was just into it, and I put my foot down. I did some weird step, and my foot went sideways, and I broke my fifth metatarsal Ooh. in my boot. And I I finished the dance. I finished the what? dance, and there was one more after that. And I'm like, something's strange. Right. And the girl I'm down the dancing with, she's like, "Am I doing something wrong? I like, what? What? Am I doing the step wrong?" And she, I'm like, "No, my foot's blowing up." <laughs> That's like a Jones fracture. That's a pretty like gnarly fracture. Yes. Yes. Oh, gnarly. Yeah. God. That was yeah. June fourth. That was June fourth of that year, and I was out of the cast in September. Yeah. It takes a long time to heal that little yep. fifth minute first. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And. Um, so that was 04. Around 05, I guess I, alcohol, I started phasing out because I was sending college and just starting, starting to find, look, look for work and yeah. just went sort of elsewhere. But just missed Evan. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you start really diving into music then? So music. 
So music started really, um, I, I mean, I always had some sort of, you know, the sounds were in my mind, but in actually in school. So we'll talk about my, the instrumentations first. Um, music in general in fourth grade here um, is when we start learning a musical instrument. So my grandfather, the, the audiophile said, I want you to, you should learn sax, sax is cool. My mom's like, yeah, you should, you should go for the sax. My father was like, can you play the bujuki in, in, <laughs> in school? He's like, can you play the guitar? I'm like, no, 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 Bob, that, that's not how this works. Uh, so, so I ended up starting with playing sax. Um, and I think in my mind, I had the idea that I was going to be the sax player and, and play jazz music. And the furthest I went with jazz music was like the B group was, you know, you weren't good enough to make it to the A group, but we'll let you play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so during that time, you know, that was I was in I was in fourth grade. And then I remember sixth, seventh grade is when I started going back to Greece. And around that time frame. Um, he, my grandfather said, here, here's a doombag, you know, bang on it. Listen to this music and bang on the drum. So there's all these weird rhythms. And I listened to the Armenian music. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really couldn't, couldn't figure it out that well. Or I didn't have the, you know, it was just like, here, go. So shortly after, my I, Christmas comes of that year. And my mom's like, here, I forgot, I forgot to give you a gift. This is like day after Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it was a doombag. So that was really like my first Ooh. instrument. So I said, you know what? Now, now I have like something to, to work with here, you know. And I'd sit there in my room and I'd try and play. And I had no, no uh, formal instruction. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I would, I would play with it. And my grandfather was proud. He's like, ah, I introduced you to this, this music, and now you're doing, <laughs> you know, like, I, you know, it's funny. I keep going back to my grandfather. He was like the, 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 I, I don't know, the, uh, the flint that ignited this fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so I really start, I say I started with the sax, but I also started with the doombeck. Then after once, then after I had gone to Greece for the first time, seeing violins and lauta, I was like, well, that's, that's interesting. What's that? It looks mm-hmm. like, like the lauto looks like an oud, but it's not an oud. So mm-hmm. what are we, what, what are we doing here? What, what yeah. is this? Um, so I, you know, had that, vision in my head. And then after going to Gaffs, um, there was somebody there playing Lira, uh, Andreas Gusas, if you happen to know him, mm-hmm. Andrea. Sure yeah. Do. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and so he was playing Lira there at, at, at Gaffs. And I thought that's actually pretty cool. Like, I like the sound. I didn't know the differences between the different Liras, but I said, next time I go to Greece, I'm picking, I'm coming home with a Lira. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, I came home with a Lira. Cretan Lira. And I, I still have it somewhere. It wasn't, uh, you know, a, a fancy model or anything like that. But I remember my my father, it was where we, stay, we were staying at a hotel in Athens at the time. There was a music store across the street. And I would pass by this music store and say, I want that every day, mm-hmm. every single day. And my father's like, kids are going to make fun of you. Who's going <laughs> to play this thing? Who's going to, how are you going to learn? You should pick up a bujuki. And I was like, again, you with the bujuki. Meanwhile, I have a bujuki behind me right now. But right. <laughs> Always present. <laughs> yes. But, but still, you know, I, my mom was like, just, let's just get it. Let's see what happens. You want this thing? All right, fine. Let's, let's see what happens. So I brought it home, went to Gaff the next week. Andrea showed me, actually at that moment, it was Andrea and Paul Guinness with me, where Andrea showed me how to put my fingers on the lira. And that was it. I said, thank you. I've got the rest. Um, 
And so that's where I started really like listening in and trying to mimic whatever I heard on CBs. Every week before gaffs, I would stop at, GM, at, at GMV next to Titan mm-hmm. and yep. look at the Cretan music CBs and try and get myself into Cretan music. And that, that's, that's what kicked that off. I started playing Lira and then I eventually graduated to a better Lira and, you know, looking at the quality of the, of the instruments from, from the really real student model to something better gave me an extra push to play even more. It felt good. Um, so really that, that's where my, 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 my Greek music roots or my traditional music roots starts with the Cretan Lira. And I didn't realize that at the time, but what I really wanted was the Dodecanesian, a Carpathian Lira. Mm-hmm. That came much later, but that's where it began. And at the same, also at Gaffs is where I, somebody brought a lauto. Oh, I think it was actually Andrea as well, who who had a lauto and he he was he brought it. He just wanted to show it to me, I guess. Or, and he just plucked. He said, "Here, you know, play a, pluck a string." So I plucked the two strings and listening to this like sound out of you know maybe it wasn't the greatest instrument, but that really I don't know it resonated with me I felt the resonation of the instrument and I don't know there was a connection there and I told my mom I was like I want a lauto now she's like I don't know where I'm gonna find you a lauto <laughs> right we're in Astoria <laughs> we're not going to Greece <clears throat> yeah next, next thing I know there's a buzuki maker in Astoria driving yeah. by there's a buzuki there's Diodino's music shop yeah and I see all buzuki and then like three or four lauta hanging I was like mom yeah. this is where we're gonna go where we gotta go she's like oh, i don't know i don't know i don't know well one day i come home from school it was or i think my birthday around the time of my birthday and that's all i wanted that year it was just allowed to somehow i would go to sam mm-hmm. ash music asking them if they had catalogs of musical instruments thinking that there would be a lot of there right <laughs> <laughs> little did i know there's no such thing um, <laughs> and so uh, i came home one day she's like your grandfather, your grandfather, and I. We took a trip to Astoria today. There's something for you in the in, in the in the dining room, and there it was. It was my my first lauto. It was just a, it was you know it was a Cretan lauto tuned, it was small like kids model, but mm-hmm. I didn't care. That was that was going to be everything. And so every morning, night, afternoon, every time I'd get home from school or when I would wake up, I would sit there and strum and play and learn everything that that I possibly could. Um, but then going back to Batmos. After a year of having the instrument, I knew that my focus was in Nisiotica, mm-hmm. in all facets of Eastern Aegean, Kikladas of the Kanisha. That was like, I don't know, that 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 connected with me in, in such a profound way that I knew that that's what I wanted to uh, pursue, that genre. Um, yeah. That's so crazy that you are essentially completely self-taught. Not essentially, yeah. you are so, like yeah. somebody yeah. told you how to put your hand on the neck of an instrument, like yeah. you're self-taught. In, in every instrument that I, that I picked up since. It's, it's, I've, I've had no, I, I maybe with the lauto, I had after, now after the fact, after I've been playing for a few years, I had met uh, Nick, Nick Sofosh, who was, first of all, he, was, he, was, he couldn't understand how I, this kid from Long Island that, that lived pretty near him, was playing lauto. And also playing in in an old style that he grew up with, what mm-hmm. we call the anikto, like more like a Carpathian sounding uh, style with open strings rather than closed chords, like you'll hear in you know, most like you know current uh, Nishiotiko recordings, mm-hmm. like a guitar almost. And 
getting and getting getting to know Nick and playing with him, and he, he would actually he had a uh, he. For those who don't know Nick Sofos, he's a violin player, non-violin player in, in, in our area. He's from the island of Kosovo. so his specialty also is in the Mishiatika, but he you know, he plays everything. Um, so he actually, in Hicksville, on Long Island, he was running hmm. a traditional music uh, choir. And he would invite me every week to go play, bring my back there. And eventually I brought my Lauto there. And he would look at me and he'd be like, I don't understand. How did you learn this style? How do, how do, you, how do you do that? I, I was like, well, I don't know. I hear the CD, I hear the recordings, and I try and copy it. And he's like, well, you're, you know, I pretty, whatever he said validated what I was doing. He didn't understand how it was happening, but it was happening. Right. Um, and and so he would invite me more and more to, uh, you know, to, to to events. But getting back to the to our statement about you know over being self taught, you know, maybe I had a mentor. I I, I call him a, a mentor because. We would sit and play together, and he would. I would learn by watching him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would learn by watching anybody playing laudo. There's, you know, D- Dimitri Tashi. He also plays laudo as well. Um, and so I would watch him, and he'd say, "I don't know much, but anything I know, it's it's yours." Mm-hmm. And then we'd go back to Greece, and I'd watch and mimic. And so every instrument that I'd pick up, well, you know, I have the bujiki. I'm watching. It's it's trichordo, so it's more like an abetico style. But I'd watch. And, and mimic and and same thing with all the instruments that I that I've amassed over the years. How many instruments is that? So at what point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Girl, girl, before before I got married and moved out of my, my parents' house, my, my my whole basement was just full 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 of <laughs> instruments, like 30, 40 different instruments. For, so uh, all different strings, percussion. So oud, saz, lauto. Buzuki, Sanduri, I played at one point for a while. There's a couple of YouTube videos of me out there. Um, Tambuna, <laughs> all different types of Tambuna, different types of Liras, Cretan, Carpathian, Pandian Lira. At one point, I played Politiki Lira. And so I would like to dabble in all these different instruments. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I realized that whenever I perform somewhere, I, I had them out of necessity, rather. Mm-hmm. Some of them, some of them were just out of interest, just because I wanted to just see what it sounded like in person. Others, yeah. I had to perform for for some dance group. But then I realized over time, I used them once. I never used them again. So I, you know, so, I <laughs> I would sell them off to whoever was interested, you know, because they can go <laughs> always go to a better home. Like if it's just. I've been saying lately, like if the instrument's gathering dust on my wall, like another angel loses its wings, you know, it should go to yeah. somebody that. <laughs> that's going to use it right um and so i just stick with uh lauto i have a sazi here i've got zurna right by me always um zabuna but the lauto is my lauto and violin really are are the, the main currently are the main instruments that i that i perform on it's so funny because i bought an instrument from you years ago um not necessarily with the intention to play although i feel like ev you played it a few times when I would bring it to dance, but more just because I was like, this is a Carpathian Lita and I need it. And I need it like in my, my house after college so that I can show all my friends. And it's like part, like I just, I was so obsessed when I saw it on eBay. Um, I still have it. It's in the room right behind me. Um, and it's in a China cabinet that my grandparents, when they immigrated to the States, um, had in their house in Brooklyn and you know, the, 
1930s, probably 40s, maybe. Um, actually, I would say probably 30s. The China cabinet is from like wow. the 20s, so it's like a, in a very happy place right now. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it's like it's okay that it's in there. there. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. That, that was and and that was an old instrument to begin with. And I remember somebody yeah. family had given given that to me. Uh, they they brought me into their basement. They're like, oh here, yeah, we don't use this, Alita. You you take it. And I'm looking at. It, I'm like, okay. I, yeah. I, I saw who I, saw, I think there was a name that inside yeah. who it was made by yeah and uh, I knew it was quite old and I got it playing I got yeah. the thing playing and then I wanted to get another one and at, at that time I was like well I can't have two so maybe somebody else wants the other one and yeah there we go here we are here we are <laughs> right and the inscription I don't remember the person I should have looked because I can't remember yeah. the name but it says Baltimore Maryland and I've always like had a weird tie to this area like obviously yeah. growing up in upstate new york and then wanting to move to this area and i'm like well that's probably part of the story who knows what that, part but sure um so yeah it's in sure. a good home I, I, promise. Like I promise i i believe that i knew that <laughs> i knew that from what was that over 10 years ago oh my god at least way I, over 10 years ago i think it was like 2006 five probably, probably around yeah probably was, around then yeah that's when i bought my uh I think we all bought, like, I bought Bondiaco, I bought Cretan, you bought the Cartesian. Yeah. We just went on a spree. We were like, let's get all the instruments and figure out how to play. <laughs> yeah. And I literally, I had just graduated college. I was in grad school and I was like showing all my friends. They were like, cool, Maria. <laughs> They're like, you're going to wear like your costume around the house? I'm like, I may. I may. It's my, I Shake it up a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to say I didn't wear Stevania around the house every once in a while. <laughs> uh, you know, mine are in my closet. Legit, I should have dressed up for this podcast. I, I mean, did. what am I'm missing the boat here? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, God, good memories. It's funny yeah, how people's yeah. paths cross, um, yeah. and it's so interesting because everyone we've spoken to, whether they're music focused or dance focused or or both, have had this moment where it's just everything aligns and like something clicks inside of them and it pushes them down a certain path, you know? Um, and I, I think it's so cool to hear how that happened for you. And like, when you were saying that you just mimic what you hear, mm -hmm. okay, that's what we do when we dance, right? We mimic yeah. what we see stepwise, sure. but that is so much easier for me to comprehend than you listening to like a CD or whatever, and just being able to like move your fingers and your like on both hands at the same time or different yeah. times and yeah. mimic that. like it's beyond me how, how you and other people can do that. I, I like to say, I like to call it fake, fake it till I make it, but because <laughs> I have no formal, you know, no formal instruction, but you know, having, I guess having the, uh, the, uh, I guess the luck to play with the people that I've played with currently mm -hmm. in my, and in my past. And some of them are, are, are well-known composers and, and instrumentalists. I'm like, how how did I even get here? Like, I I almost had a chance to 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 stay in Greece and and play with one of my my violin idols. He's like, you should be here with me. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, my wife and I were leaving back to the states the next day. It was at a wedding. Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, that it's I guess it sort of validates whatever I've done. Um, yeah. In, oh yeah. In, in that in that aspect. I admire that. I mean, I've I have I've. I have a number of instruments, but I've never put the, the effort into uh, really, really learning how to play them 
even at a mediocre level. But like for me, I've always I've, I've struggled because like I hear the songs and like I can I can watch a dance and repeat it after seeing it once. But yeah. hear a song and translate all of the finger fingering techniques that create that sound. Yeah. From, like the Ponya Colira for me, like the way they like drag their finger and do just those little trills and you know the slightest little difference creates a whole different sound like oh, i totally. know it and i like in my mind i'm like i i'm like i know i can figure this out but it just it hasn't it hasn't fully clicked for me so i admire you know i, admire I, whenever a lot I see that, somebody who can yeah. do that a lot of that happened when I was, you know, when I was much younger and I didn't have kids at the time. We didn't have, you know, I was in college or high school. So dabbling with the instruments, I guess that that's where I, you know, when I kicked it off, it was a little bit easier for me then. If I were to do that now, it's a little bit of a different story. But, you know, even now, like with, with the with the, uh, with the Sazi that I have back there, I'm not really a Saz player, but it was on mm -hmm. a whim and I'm like, you know, I like the sound that I'm hearing. How do I play this? And, you know, I, I sort of fake it. It sounds more like a lauta than anything else, but... You know, it, 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 it's a, that, that's, the, that's a work in progress. I mean, it sounds music is kind of like your first love at this point. Is yeah. that true? That's true. So you'd rather be on the bandstand playing than on the dance floor? I, I love both. Too. I love both, but I'd rather be, I'd rather like be playing and watching you guys dance and have that musician dancer connection. Is there a moment you know that like just like stands out in your memory of when you were playing and like there was just this amazing like vibe connection that happened? Totally, totally. When 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 I'm playing, wait. When you yeah. When I'm playing, yeah. Or I mean, vice versa. Just something like phone chilling. Both, I mean, there's so when I'm playing. So I've got I've got a clear, very vivid examples of both. Um, Myself playing, I was so the the event that I just mentioned uh, that I played for in Greece, where I was playing at this wedding. It was actually for um, I was playing with Nikos Ikonomidis, okay. and that year it was uh, funny story. I uh, friend of mine, his sister was getting married in Greece, and he sends me a text message saying from Greece saying. By the way, are you available? I'm like, <laughs> for what? And he's like, I forgot to ask you if you could come to Greece and play for my sister's wedding. I said, this is the strangest request, request I've ever had. And so it was at the end of the summer and nobody was around. And so Nick Sonofos tells me, why don't you contact somebody in Greece who's already there? So I contact a few guys who were too good to play with a kid from the States. <laughs> but I contacted Nikos Economidis, who I have every single one of his CDs. And I had met him a few <laughs> years earlier. Yeah. Uh, I had met him a few years earlier in the States doing that dance performance. And he said, what's the date? Okay, I'm, I'm in. If he could just bring his lauto player and if we can meet a couple days before the wedding, yeah, he'll do it. Wow. Like, this is nuts. I ended up <laughs> at his house and I'm like, this guy, I've got all of his CDs. Like my entire playlist on my iPod <laughs> at the time was full of this guy. And, you know, I wasn't going to show him that. It was kind of right. weird. <laughs> and uh, I was like, this is going to happen. I'm, I'm going to play with, you know, for me, it's like, I don't know, playing with a superstar. Um, and playing. So it's, it's like th that moment we got together for soundcheck and, and playing at this event, which is, you know, it was a wedding. It was outdoors in Lagonisi just out outside of Athens um, um, and it was for my, my wife's her her best friend's 
boyfriend at the time and it was his sister's wedding so we were all there together and it was like it was just a cool cool scene but i'm like all right here i'm gonna play with these gonna be these and from the moment that the music really started for the wet that the wedding really started and the music started kicking off it was like everything that i learned up until this you know up until this point everything that i've studied it's all like totally validated like mm-hmm. he's looking at me looking at wondering asking me how how do you know these songs that that i just released a few like in the last year <laughs> you're this you know kid from america and and playing along with him the other the loud the player stopped playing because he's like you don't need me um right. and the people that were you know they were they were dancing and i was connected with the dance that they were doing it was just sirto and balos most of the night uh, mm-hmm. but i don't know for me that's that's guts and I was connecting with him, connecting with the dancers, and it was just electric going on, and fireworks were going off across in the ocean. It was just this, this wild scene that was, I don't know, it was it was something else. Wild is the only thing I could, that, that I could, way I could describe it. Um, and, you know, that kicked off actually, you know, a, a really good friendship with, with Economides moving, you know, after, after that point. So that that's really the, the one playing connection that my i guess my first real playing like big boom but you know that that does happen every yeah. once in a while playing at fdf or hcf mm-hmm. when here i am with these other guys that were practically like brothers and we're on stage we've got this connection going on and we see everybody else out there it's got this connection there's thousands of kids dancing to us and we started out dancing and it's this whole like <laughs> thing but as as far as dancing, um, so my wife's family is from Amorgos in Kefalonia, and we went back to Amorgos uh, a few years ago. Actually, back a few years it was 2013, mm-hmm. and we went specifically during a time where there was going to be two panigiria back to back. One Ayaparaskevi, and the other one was uh, they called it Yorti Psimeniraki. Hmm. where so one was in the middle of nowhere in this church which is that was that was a cool experience to begin with but the other one was right in Katapola um at a um right 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 in the platea on on the pier and there was you know violin lauto and a guitar that was the music so all right now i knew that this is going to be exactly exactly what i came here for yeah and you know my wife while she never was a uh you know she was just in a dance group in in school but she always loved dancing as well and so that's sort of how you know we ended up you know developing our relationship and we were there both looking forward to this we had our daughter at the time my oh my parents were with us so they were going to babysit my daughter at the Mm. table while we were dancing (laughs) um and so it was just that was another like electric electricity was in the air thousands mm-hmm. of people were all dancing to this music that we we like live by that we yeah. love so much um and faces that i've only known that i've known from youtube playing music from mm-hmm. youtube and from Elina Andromena, the, the the tv show and the yeah. Latitis and we were dancing all night long and since it was your tipsy many raki there was raki being passed along like it's sort of like like racomilo mm-hmm. but it's it's a little bit sweeter um and so there was just barrels and barrels <laughs> of raki being passed along so i'm sure i'm sure that helped in the electricity but <laughs> but i re- i remember just connecting so hard with that just that moment and and developing this this nostalgia for amorgos that i always had an interest in the island but 
you know, here I'm not even from, my mother-in-law is from Amorgos. And my wife had only gone once when she was a little kid. And but she had somewhat of a connection there. And I don't know, I just feel like, like now I say I'm, I'm, I'm from Amorgos too. Like mm-hmm. I have such an, <laughs> developed such a nostalgia for this place. I don't even know how that happened. Um, but it, I guess it's the music and the dance that brought us together. Uh, I don't know. It, it's something that that I, I try to explain it, but I realize it's 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 just one of those things that there, there's no there's no answer for it. I mean, that's a common theme, like where you, people have stumbled on something that you know unlikely to fall in love with it, and then you experience it. And you're like, yeah. okay, what have mm-hmm. I been missing? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah. So, that's how people describe like ipirotica, you know what I mean? Right, like yeah. they're like, oh, I had no idea. I wasn't sure what I was hearing. And now I'm like, I can't get enough of it. You get into that trance. It's, it's, that's how I call it. Whether, so for me, it's, it's dancing. I can dance that for, for 12 hours straight. Mm-hmm. That and ipirotica, I can get into a trance and you don't know your, your feet are, your feet are moving. Mm-hmm. And everybody is in sync somehow, but how does this? It, it's it's like a phenomenon. I I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I, I mean, I we definitely understand. We, yes, putting that you can to understand words. It. I don't I don't know how yes. to put it to words. But <laughs> <laughs> we we've been there. That's for yeah. sure. Oh. So, um, I know we've talked a lot about your kind of favorite area of yeah, Greece yeah. music wise. Yeah. Um, but is, is, is that your, in terms of favorite regions, dance is wise? it the same for music and dance? Yes. Yes. I mean, I have, I have interest in, 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 you know, in all of the regions. Right. But out of, I guess, like I mentioned before, like with the music, it was out of necessity. So I, uh, I've been teaching also at my local church, St. Paul's in Hempstead on Long Island. Mm-hmm. since I was 14 oh god well over 20 years wow. and so I can't just teach the kids you know the yeah. parents they want my why doesn't my kid learn I want an <laughs> sketch it's like no I, I, I can't do that but <laughs> but so I would you know I had to make it a point to 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 learn and adopt these other dance from all different regions, from Makedonia, from Pandian, a little bit of, you know, from Thessalia, et cetera. Yeah. But really w- when it comes to my, uh, I guess my preferences and my interests, I always gravitate back towards Kiklades and Dodakanisa. And, you know, I, I've always wanted to do research <laughs> uh in my own island of of Patmos there I know that there's research that does exist I know that there are instructors that are you know that that they do travel and they do instruct they were just in Canada a couple couple years ago in teaching teaching Patmos but yeah. I feel that there's a lot more that there is and there's I, I don't haven't come to a point where I understand why we don't see more traditional dancing in that area um more rather more uh I guess from from the island rather than from the surrounding islands and so that's that's my, my head always goes back to there thinking all right well you know yes this is my favorite area why because i have a connection to most of my family's from there um and the islands but i i always think about like all right well 
geographically, where is it located? It's in this crossroads between Asia Minor, the southern, the rest of the Dodecanese. Mm-hmm. It's closest to Amorgos. It's there. They were considered sister islands, and it's, so it's got a connection to Kikladas. And then to the north is Ikaria, Samos, and Chios. And so, this sort of area is will always my where where my interest will, will take me back. Mm-hmm. Trying to always focus though, come back to focus in on Patmos, but that general area, that corner of the Aegean is where where I tend to put my uh, my focal point. So when you're teaching your kids, are you using um, recorded music or are you, are you playing live music for them? Um, uh, both, both. Some, so it, well, it's all, it's more often than not recorded music. Yeah. Um, and if I can't find the recording, I'll record it on my own. Okay. I've done, there was, there was a point where I did, you know, a set of podiaka where I wanted to, mm-hmm. they learned like three or four dances and there was no recording that actually had, you know, the, uh, you know, those dances strung together. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to record this whole thing. So I recorded on Pandimira and Daoli and I forget what song it was. It was uh, maybe even Sarada Mila Kokinawa or something else, but it was in a tone that I couldn't sing it. So it was too high for me, I think. Mm-hmm. So I could sing really low and in the recording, they hear a woman's voice, but that's just me. After I put it through GarageBand, <laughs> I changed, I changed the two, the pitch, and it came out. It sounds like, oh, who's this? Who's this woman? She's 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 great. <laughs> like, yeah, yes, she is. It's Yana. <laughs> yes, it's Yana. Um, <laughs> oh um, so, amazing. <laughs> so. so so I record the music and then if, depending on if, if at the festival that the kids, you know, one time a year that they perform, it, depending on if, if the band was Nick's or Fo's band, who, you know, we're, we're friends, I would say, Nick, my kids are dancing. You're going to play violin for them. I'm going to play lauto and they're going to dance a couple dances and I might play Tsabuna for them. And so on a rare occasion, yes, I will perform live for them. Uh, but more often than not, I'm not going to bring, you know, it. Yeah. Most musicians, they're, they're busy during the time of the festival, Saturday or Sunday night. Mm-hmm. So if there's somebody that I, I can play with, then I'll, I'll use them. But more often than not, it's, it's recorded music, whether it's, uh, you know, some professionally recorded in a studio or recorded in my basement. That's so neat. That's awesome mm-hmm. to be able to record your own song. Though, like, <laughs> ah, I know what I want. It doesn't exist yet, or at least yeah. not that I can find it. So I'm going to make it myself. That's exactly, that's exactly the thought. <laughs> right. How did you start Endlessy? How did mm. that come about? So that, that's great. That's a great question. <laughs> so Endlessy started um, in, I'll say two, well, so it began, it, it, the seeds were planted in 2003. Um, I wow. happened to be at Gaffs. Yeah, I happened to be at Gaffs and got a call from a dance group in Clearwater, Florida. Uh, from Keith Masaridis, and um, he said, you know, I, I'm looking at the GAFS website, and I see your face there, and I see you play all these instruments. Can you come down to Clearwater and 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 play for us for, for an event? And I agreed to it, but I was, you know, I, I didn't know who I was going to be playing with, and, you know, I... I don't know. I had some reservations about it because I could play. I know I could play. I know who I play with here in New York, but I can't mm-hmm. bring anybody with me. Who's going to be there? And he's like, oh, there's this guy, Dimitri Papa Dimitri, who's going to be there and a couple <laughs> other folks. So I was like, who are these clowns? Right. <laughs> I've never heard of them before. They never heard of me before. But uh, no, they did hear of me because my face was on the Gaps website. <laughs> um, 
And so that was November of 03. We went down there and, you know, Dimitri and I, we, we, we hit it off. And a few months later, Keith said, you know, we want you guys to play with us at FDF. And I was like, FDF? This was like going to the Super Bowl for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Bowl of Greek dance. Uh, right. I had always wanted to go to FDF. And this was my chance. So went to FDF. That was a great experience. Um, and, you know, Dimitri, we got even, we got, we had just met in that November and we started playing, a, you know, I guess while we were there, we had nothing else to do but play together. Mm-hmm. So we started developing that rapport. After that came the New York Winter Dance Conference. And I walk into the Stathakion where they were doing the uh, dance instruction and there was dancers from all over the place from all over the united states and canada and i had who are these people i thought we were the only ones that did this right right and so in the far corner of the room there's this weirdo weird kid with spiky hair this <laughs> look like like this riffraff and, <laughs> and i see um he's playing sabuna i was like who is this like he's kind of like me and I meet this kid. He goes, hey, my name's Mitsu. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and Dimitri's like, oh, I see you guys met. So before, I don't know, I don't think I, even like a half hour passed, we we all were found a bathroom and we're playing Tsabuna, Lauto, and Dubelek in the bathroom to be away from everybody. <laughs> Meanwhile, it was so loud that it was interrupting the dance instruction that was going on. <laughs> And we're like, oh, you know, we we should get together somehow more often. How is this going to happen? You know, I'm in New York. The one guy's in Atlanta. The other one's in Chicago. Mm-hmm. The next uh, the next FDF, we actually had a chance to go. We we got a call to I got the call to uh, with a request to play perform for Long one of the Long Beach dance groups uh, to play uh, Macedonian tunes, Zurnades and and Tauli. And yeah. we said, guys, this is our chance. Let's go. And there we went. We, we we played there, and there would be events happening every so often. They'd call us back, and it was just the three of us at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as the years progressed, Jordan Elrod, he would play with us every once in a while. He'd play percussion, and he's another wealth of information. Mm-hmm. Um, then Sarando rears his head. He's like, hey, guys, <laughs> I play guy that can I play with you? All right. <laughs> Meanwhile, Saranda is a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Another well dan- dance and music wealth of information, you know, specifically for in, in the, the northern area, uh, Theraki. Um, and, and so as time went on, we uh, just played more and more and became more established in our instruments and in the music. And and as he blew up, it, it mm-hmm. you know they we had our chance to play at like we called it the headline sh- headline nights at FDF and HCF and it we ended up performing all around the country from from New well maybe not New York but from New from from Baltimore area from Maryland all to the South and Canada mm-hmm. and it's just been a really really cool cool experience for all of us, um, but. You know, started with a phone call to go play in Clearwater, Florida, and uh, you know, now people they 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 know who we are. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, kind of, it's cool. It's cool. But you know, we we're, we're just playing music that we we want to dance to ourselves, and so since we can't do both, we'll right. play for our, for for all of you. Uh, but you guys, when you guys play at an event, 
you change the event. It's like you get, you're transported to Greece, you know, and it's such an authentic sound that I have never heard in the States until I heard you guys playing. You know, like you can get it in bits and pieces, right? You can get like, oh, like maybe one person in the group is super authentic, but then there's like a really heavy guitar in there. You know what I mean? Or there's just something that's like a little bit weird and you're like, okay. It's almost, right, almost there, there, but not quite. Right, exactly. We're like Greek-ish, you know? Um, but then you guys come out and it's just like, I feel like I just stepped off the boat and I feel like I'm like back in Greece and it, it's the craziest, yeah. awesomest thing ever. That that's exactly the uh, the effect we go for. That's exactly yeah. what. That's how we feel. You know, like we don't we don't get this here, and since we don't get it here, we're going to create it ourselves. Yeah, I mean, so, nailed it, nailed it. Anybody out there hasn't heard or danced with Endasi yet? Make it your mission to do so. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It, it it certainly is. It's very transformative. Yeah. There's actually an event coming up. I think in May or or June. Psyche, Psyche Dance Weekend in, in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. So that'll that'll be the first time we're all meeting together as Endasim to uh to perform for a crowd. So interested yeah. to see how that's gonna interested rather to see how that's going to turn out. Yeah. My suitcase is packed already. <laughs> yeah, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's great. I feel like everyone needs to shake off their Rona and and um right. do it safely, right? Yeah. There's yeah. there's things you can do to be safe. Yeah. Um and I just I think it just puts people into such a good mood. Um, and that like being a little bit of a holistic Eve type of person, like your mood dictates a lot. So, um, I encourage everyone to go shake it off, yes. shake off the dust. Hope, hope to see you all there. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> little mini promo. <laughs> um, um, so what else cool. do you do like band wise? Cause you don't just play with embassy, correct? No, no, that's correct. Yeah. So, here in New York, um, I you know I've been freelancing forever. I would I'll play with whoever needs you know violin or lauto, and there are plenty of of, of uh, situations that do require that. Um, but in the last few years, I actually with a good friend uh, Vasilis Vasiliadis, who's a very very good lauto player from from Carpathos, from Mesohori, um, who's been living in the states for quite some for, for a few years now. Um, and on occasion, Andreas Gustas will, dra- will join us. Uh, but it, we created uh, this 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 thing called uh, Animos, the Animos Music Project, mm-hmm. which which really I people ask me, oh, so what what is Animos? And Animos was just a name that I had to put on a group rather than say this is John and Vasily and whoever right. and whoever. And I was like, I, I don't even know what to call it. And I was on on a plane once just doodling on my iPad and I created something and I was like, Animos. Like, what would I name a group? And I'm writing just. It just came to me, Animos. The Animos what, though? Like, that's weird. I don't know. Uh, Animos Music Project. I was like, well, it's a project because it, we're not... My, my, my idea was to not just play, you know, Nisiotica. And the type of Nisiotica was not just traditional, traditional purist Nisiotica. We're playing, like, what I call rock and roll, like, current, like, Nisiotica, where it's mm-hmm. you're really electric, electrified violin and lauto. But at, at also at some point, we, we do tone that down and do some more traditional style uh, playing. So 
wasn't just the folk music, but it was, I also wanted to be able to cater to a wider audience. You know, we need Bujukia, we need mm -hmm. like uh, the, the classics. Maybe not, not for me, not so much the pop for, for my clientele, but um, or rather my demographic, but the classics. You know, we, we all like, you know, the classic tunes, Kazadzili, et cetera. Um, so to put, so it would be my, my, my uh, I guess the thought was we would have a traditional group where we would just play the traditional stuff. Then I'd have yeah. a group with some of the same people would play the more rock and roll Nishiotika and then a wedding group. And, mm -hmm. and to be able to take that project idea and, and morph it into whatever it is that I wanted to. This way I couldn't just have, this way I could say that, you know, I could have multiple people play with me but not have it feel like, oh, it's, it's a band. It's like a closed club. Cause I don't mm -hmm. want, I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't want that feeling at all. Yeah. We're all, we're all friends and I don't want to be, you know, ever to be a point of animosity where, you know, why are you playing? What, you know, what have you? Um, Cause I've experienced that in the past too. And it's just, it's like nonsensical. Like why, why it's a conversation mm -hmm. that doesn't need to be had. And so I wanted us to be just a group of friends that would play, you know, we need to play it. I bet they got one night. Where I'm going to send, we're going to go here. And if we need the Motika, we'll send the band and we'll do that sort of mm -hmm. repertoire. If we need to do like a Mikrasiatico night at some restaurant, we just need oud and a violin, we could do that too. If you want a full band with photographers and a DJ, the project I'm can handle guy. it. Yeah, yeah. That's right. We'll do a little <laughs> bit of everything and everything as, as well as we can. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so Anamos Music Project has been around for about three, three and a half years now. Um, and that that started, that was another beginning that started similar to Endesi, where we had to play for a, a, a Tilo Society Easter party. And I didn't know who I was going to be playing with. Yeah. I show up and then Vasily's there. I had never met Vasily other than Facebook. Mm -hmm. And, and it was... Who else? Oh, and keyboard player uh, Nico Spagnotis, who's actually based up in in uh, Connecticut, I believe. And from the first moment we hit it off, the crowd was dancing, and that was, you know, that's all she wrote. Do you ever get nervous, like you're in an FDF or HDF situation? You're playing for a group, and um, like their performance rests on what comes out of your instrumentation. Does that make totally. you nervous? Uh, it used to it used to and then i think more we were nervous or i would feel nervous because maybe the rapport with the group or the director was not totally there mm -hmm. and so it was more work than it was pleasure mm -hmm. and you know it, it would just feel like all right we have to get this right Otherwise, we know that they're going to come back and, and, and say something about the musicians were off or, you know, whatever cue. So we'd go through the, you know, the, the, we, all, we always allot enough time to go through a rehearsal with the group and to, to sort of iron out all those kinks. And, you know, there, there are times where mistakes are made. Mm -hmm. <laughs> One of us will make a mistake or the dancer. Well, often enough a dancer will, will, will miss the cue or they'll be nervous, which makes mm -hmm. us nervous. That makes them even more nervous. <laughs> it's just vicious cycle. It's, it's a vicious cycle, but uh, considering that we're on stage, it, it's sort of seamless to the audience. Maybe the mm -hmm. judges know, but it's seamless to the audience. And really when you look at it, if, if you don't, when you look at the recording back, if, if you don't know, we're, we're not privy to the, 
details of that particular event, you're not mm-hmm. gonna not gonna really know. But yes, yes, that would creep us out, and we're thinking we know we know something's gonna happen. You just know it. I don't know. It's a what made me ask that way. question was yeah. I was watching um, some stuff for the 25th of March, and like yeah. I feel like this is a weird way to equate it, but like for me, yeah. when I'm pretty much an introvert at times. So like when I perform, if there's people getting into a dance performance, like it's way easier for me. Right. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was watching this stuff for the March 25th and there was, it was at the cathedral in Manhattan and you know, there's this woman playing the piano and I'm just like, there is no like social feedback at this point. Like people have masks on. So she, I mean, she's not like looking at their faces. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's just not that feedback. And I'm like, I wonder if this is freaking her out. Like, I wonder how that feels to people. Um, you know, which is why I asked the competition question. Cause I'm like, it's just, it's, it's such a, it can be feeling like it's such a sterile environment. You know what I mean? Where that feedback is really what drives you or makes you feel like more comfortable or like oh, jazzed out, you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's how we all fell into this, to this hole. I mean, by, by the feedback between the musicians and, and the audience and dancers. Yeah. And when that element is missing, really throws throws us off mm-hmm. absolutely well i don't know right i was i was like making stuff up in my head i'm like this shit is probably nervous as hell she's like sitting in the greek orthodox cathedral playing like yeah. a grand piano which is just strange to begin with it was beautiful but yeah um, anyway i digress yeah. no, but that, that's that's not really digression that's totally like there's actually been some moments where we'll play for for an organization where Actually, the Amorgos Foundation, they have a picnic. Usually, well, they'll have a picnic every every fall, and it's outdoors, and it's just violin, laudo, outside in Astoria. And they're, th- this group of people, of, of great people, they're totally into this music. Like, the, the, the young folks are the old. And they, they love it. They dance to it, but they also listen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so there'll be moments where they'll request songs, and they won't dance. And it's uh, when I that first happened. It was I'm looking at at Vasily and wonder what, why are they? They asked for the song. How come they're not dancing? But they're listening and they're loving it. They're they're having the greatest time. But they're just it. If you don't know that that's happening, I mean, I guess it can go both ways. It's either the the connection's there and they're not dancing, or the connection is not there and they're nothing. Nothing's happening at all. Right. Right. Awesome, John. This was so so great. Um, thank you for you know, hopping on here and, and for arranging your schedule and all that. Um, we're going to actually interview Dimitri Mitzo next week. Yeah, sure Thank you so sure. much for sharing um, so much about yourself and about your experiences with us. Um, and if you haven't checked out Endless and if you have time um, to go to Arizona for this Psyche weekend, I highly encourage you to do that. Uh, more details to come on that, I'm sure, as they as they get closer to releasing that on their website. But thank you, everyone, for listening today. If you like this podcast, please make sure to like and subscribe. And we will see you next week with more Sirtos. Thank you.